You might think of Teves as the most drab month of the Jewish year, cold and dark. And yet Teves begins during Hanukkah, which means that Hanukkah informs the nature of this month, a month that looks as though it is so void of spiritual value and actually carries so much potential. Shchedesh Teves is Alamol Fundi Yemei Hanukkah. Rosh Chodesh Teves will always be a date during Hanukkah. And seeing as we know that Rosh Chodesh incorporates within it all of the months, all of the days of the upcoming month, that's why it's called the head of the month, not the beginning of the month. Just like the brain, which incorporates in it all of the function of all of the parts of the body. So therefore, we can therefore conclude that all the days of the month of Teves, which are all incorporated within the day of Rosh Chodesh, are all linked to Hanukkah. Now, most of us have never thought of Teves in that way. Specifically within Teves, there are two special or unique dates that stand out. On the one hand, the Tzoyim for Nasorba Teves, the fast of the 10th of Teves, and on the other hand, on the Yom Ailulu from the Maltaneb and Chovdala Teves, the 24th of Teves, which is the Altarebbe's Yorzeit. Seeing as these are dates that are unique and specifically established within this month, the fact that these are the special dates of this month means that these two dates must be very closely linked to what the theme of the month is, as discussed numerous times. So what is unique about Teves? Well, the one place that in Tanakh that speaks about Teves is in the Megillah. So Chazal tell us in the Gemara Megillah, quoting the Pasuk, from Pasuk, that when was Esther taken to, to King Achashverosh? In the 10th month of Chodesh Teves, which is Teves, says the Gemara, that's a month where there's a unique benefit and pleasure that the body gets from another body. The fire was in Demchenius Island, Grace of Kelton, because that is a time of the year that is extremely cold, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. But the Shain Rashi, as Rashi says, because of the frost, that's why body heat is, is beneficial. So Esther would have this special uh, value, so to speak, or she'd be especially cherished by Hashverosh because of the time of the year he'd appreciate having her there more. Whatever is going on in the physical world is nothing more than an evolution of how things are in the spiritual world. In our context, the fact that Teves is such a frigid month is a result of something spiritual that happens at that time. It indicates that that's the time of the year where the sun, which is metaphoric of Hashem's revelation in this world, as the Pasuk tells us, that like the sun and its shield are the names of Ayin is not as obvious, it's not as bright in the world as usual. In other words, it's a time of the year where Lekus is mechusa merin dehelem hester from the hateva. It's a time of the year where godliness is much more abstracted by the ordinary natural forces. And we can see this by contrast. We know that the fact that there is the intensity of the sun in the summer months is oich hasimen if them take a fun oir v'choim dikdusha v'shemesh avaya v'ozvert demot nimshach b'oilam. 
The fact that there's heat in the physical sense in the world is indicative of the fact that there's a glaring revelation of divine energy in the world, of Shemesh Havai at that time of the year. And which is why it is a little easier to do what we're supposed to as Jewish people during the summer months than it is in the winter months. It, the summer lends itself to spiritual development more than winter. And it's because of that reason, so the template is that the winter months, especially Teves, is a time of divine concealment, certainly much more so than in the summer months. And it's because of that that there's an added value to our avoida during Teves in the winter months than during the summer months. That's actually what the sages allude to, not only in the story of Esther and Achashverosh, or the pragmatism of body heat during Teves, but there's a spiritual lesson as well, <coughs> because throughout Torah, man and wife are always metaphoric of Hashem and the Jewish people. And therefore the implication is that there's a benefit to the king's body from the queen. So therefore the Chazal are already telling us that at this time of the year where there's this divine frost, our avoider actually gives more pleasure and more benefit to the Ebershter than any other time. Now, it's even more specific than that because Yedrinian in Torah is Baduk. It's not just a generic message that our avoid during the winter months is more pleasurable to Hashem, but it's specifically the terminology of Guf Nenemina Guf. Every word is specific. The specific language Achazal used, that the body derives benefit from the body, is Matim Sempirish Aprimi Hanal, is relevant to the conversation we're having and the explanation we've just given that we, so to speak, generate benefit for Hashem through our avoid at this time of the year. And when we're describing the pleasure Hashem gets from our avoida, the fact that the should gets special pleasure from our avoida during these cold, frigid winter months, it's actually benefit that Ebershter gets from the human body, from the Jewish body. On the is in the it's such a deep pleasure that it impacts the, the, the level of godliness which we metaphorically call Hashem's body. Now we'll explain what that is. Whatever happens in the broad universe is directly related to what happens in the microcosm, which is the human experience, specifically the Jewish experience. So what's going on in summer, spiritually? During summer, when the Shemesh Havai is Merbegiloy in Velt, where the heat and light of the sun reflecting the heat and light of godliness, the warmth and light of godliness fills the world, is Desman Bikr from Avodah Saneshama. So, therefore, that's a time of the year where we serve the Ebishter primarily using the power of our own Neshama. In Desman, it's the Gufnitazayfamalimamastayfanerhaneshama, because that time, as we've identified, there isn't the same kind of obstruction and, and difficulty around doing what the Neshama needs to do. The body's not really in the way so much. And therefore, kind of a meladafa yitzich. Uh, so because the body is not such a liability at that time, therefore a person has the opportunity and the responsibility to focus on neshama concepts, in a way that the person gets in touch with what the neshama has to tell them. In other words, it's a time where the neshama should shine right through. 
on chotch at silib der avoid a muslim bavarin as the gozol nitzayin and an oifim for chumris vegasus. Obviously, in order to succeed in getting in touch with the neshama, we have to ensure that our body has not become too materialistic. Because the reality is that the neshama does live inside the human body and bound by the parameters of the human experience. So therefore the neshama, the way the neshama manifests and reveals itself and interacts with the world is via the body. So the body has to be a suitable vessel and vehicle for the neshama's expression. But getting the body not to be too grub is only a precursor to doing what we're supposed to do at this time of the year, the summer months. And then we just got to make sure that we don't have too much cloaking or barrier to the neshama. But what's the focus? During the summer months, the primary focus is to serve the Eibishter using the Neshama. So get the body not to become too much of a liability so that the Neshama can express itself. That's what we focus on during summer. Which is different to what we focus on during winter. That's a time where we don't see this obvious godliness in the world. It's a time for cold and apathy. And therefore the primary area of, of avoida is in the human body experience. Where the focus is to work on refining and elevating the body. That's generally speaking about winter. And then in Tevis it's much more pronounced. Because in the other Chadashim, is not far like Vesachim Ba'ilam. The other winter months still have a little bit of the, the, the hangover of the warmth of summer. So in the other months, the spiritual avoider that we do, even when it engages with the body, is still riding on the coattails of the Neshama's input. But the intensity of the month of Tevis is, was done is Tachris Akir Ba'ilam. The coldest time on earth in the Northern Hemisphere. That represents a time where the body is so, is so powerful in terms of how it hides the Nishama that the Nishama doesn't really speak through the body. And therefore the work that we have to focus on is elevating the actual body itself. Not by radiating neshama light into the body's experience to wake the body up. Nor min ha-guf, guf alein. It's finding a way that the body within itself should discover a means of connecting to Hashem and serving Hashem. And there's a great story the Friedrich Rebbe tells about the, the Baal Shem Tov that illustrates this point. So the Baal Shem Tov, there's a story that the Friedrich Rebbe quotes the Tzemach Tzedek about the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov had had lichtigkeit, as we well know, the Baal Shem Tov loved light. So ein mol in a winter dike nacht, once it was a cold winter's evening, haben die Tamida Baal Shem nicht gehad genug licht, heft zu beleichen die Schul. And the students didn't have enough of the fuel that they needed to light all the lamps to illuminate the shul where the Baal Shem Tov was. So the Baal Shem Tov gesagt, so the Baal Shem Tov gave them an incredible instruction. They should go to the roof, take off the eaves, the eyes lichtig, take off the icicles, and they then light the icicles. So they did it and it worked. 
icicles caught a light. So the Tzemach Tzedek commented on that story by saying, that by the Chassidim and the students of the Baal Shem it was possible to make icicles burn and illuminate. In other words, the Baal Shem Tov illustrated how icicles, which are of course the exact opposite of light and heat, was designed in the Tzemach can be transformed to the exact opposite that they should become sources of light and of warmth. So what did the Baal Shem Tov achieve? Not that the icicles melted and thereby gave light. Not that eye is gufa, but the ice itself, still looking like ice, in the shape of an icicle, is given became a source of light. Now that's metaphoric for what we're trying to describe on our derech We have to take the natural apathy and coldness and darkness that is typical for the body, and transform it to become holy. Where the objective is not just that you radiate so much neshama into the space that the body feels less materialistic, but rather that the body itself becomes a source of light and holiness. That's the avoid of teves. Take the body itself and turn it holy. Now you'd ask yourself, how is that even possible? How is that conceivable? How do you transform the body? That it should completely escape its natural materialistic self. That it should become an openly holy item, organism. And not as the result of external input from the Neshama's light. But as part of its own cellular reality. How do you do that? Is the beer in them? Well, if we understand what the body is from the perspective of Hasidus, not only is it possible, it's actually inevitable and obvious. As Adar but to the contrary of what you'd expect, Dafka de Gufat the body is linked to Hashem's essence even more than the Neshama is. The Neshama is designed to relate to revealed godliness, which is what we call light and revelation. And therefore the connection that the Neshama has to Hashem is via revelation. Where there is Giloy Elikos, the Neshama is excited and alive and connected. If there's Choyshech, the Neshama battles. Whereas the fact that the human body that is a Jewish body should be something special and holy that's something that the Eibishter, in his essence, chose to, to identify. As the Alter Rebbe says, that the Eibishter's choice of us as the Jewish people means that it's the human body that looks identical to the human bodies of other people. That's where you say, that's where the Eibishter invests his essence. Therefore, as counterintuitive as it is, the body's connection to godliness is is deeper than any connection the body would have with Hashem via the Neshama. 
Weil Dafkin gestern mal gut ist, doch wie Jochel, der Kerchatzmus aus ist Hechef von Neshama, because believe it or not, within the Jewish body is the connection to Hashem's essence, which is exponentially beyond what the Neshama could achieve. The irony is, when do we get to discover that the body has this incredible connection to Hashem, to Hashem's essence? In a time of crisis, in a time of darkness. When it says, When the Neshama isn't radiating its light. It's when a person lacks that light, that, uh, that uh, appreciation, <coughs> that clarity, That's when a person is able to detect <coughs> the connection to Hashem that is beyond anything that could be defined. And that's the deeper meaning of what Chazal tells us, that the body benefits from the body at this time of the year. Guf is In addition to the fact that the word Guf just means a body, it also means the whole concept, the Guf Ha'inyan, the thing itself, the essence of the thing. Like, for example, we'll speak about the real essence of halachic issues. Or we'll say, The king's body, which effectively means the whole of the king, the essence of the king. So, What generates pleasure, so to speak, for Hashem's essence is because The benefit or the pleasure of Atmos is not achieved through removing the darkness of the body to access the revelation of the soul. Nor min ha the pleasure comes from within the body itself. As the guf When the body as it is within its physical parameters turns into something holy, an icicle that radiates, that gives the ultimate pleasure to Hashem's essence. And that can only happen in a time of cold. And as man from Helen has the canal where the 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 is not present, so you're not in a sense distracted by the revelation, and therefore you go to the essence. And that is the link between Chanukah and Teves, because we said Rosh Chodesh Teves will always be during Chanukah. The goal of the Chanukah Licht is that the Eibishter should illuminate our darkness. So, firstly, to illuminate darkness generally. Including the darkness that is out there in an environment that is fundamentally opposed to the oneness of Hashem. It's what we call the public domain or the multiplicitous do- domain. Till the Pasuk says, Illuminate my darkness, which means the darkness becomes the light. That's the message of Hanukkah. That's why it says, the end before Hashem's name, that represents not only Yudke Vavke as it relates to the entire structure of but beyond the, the, the level of godliness that is completely beyond the system. 
And das is bedugum et suminium fun v'guf nenem in aguf. So that message of taking the darkness and making the darkness illuminate is very aligned with the principle of the body giving benefit to the body. As mitzat atzmos gufun elikus v'adoch dechoshech aguf atzmai nefach likdusha. When you're looking from the perspective of Hashem's essence, then it is possible, and not only is it possible, it is the goal that the body itself becomes the source of holiness and light. The distinction between serving Hashem with the light of the neshama, in other words, in a time of revelation, versus serving Hashem with the force of the body, in other words, in a time of of concealment is essentially the difference of how we used to serve Hashem at the time of the Beis Hamikdash and how we have to serve Hashem now during Golas. The hallmark of the Beis Hamikdash was that there was divinity revealed in the whole world. Specifically, of course, in the Beis Hamikdash, like the Mishnah says in Prikyavas, there were ten obvious miracles that any person could see any time they went to the Beis Hamikdash, which were evidence to the fact that there's godliness. Mashenkin in Zmana Golos, in Golos it's the reverse. It's like you say, in We don't see the signs. Elekosis Behel and Behester, Godliness is completely concealed. Bees as to the extent that the Pasuk says, that darkness covers the whole earth. And then the Avoida is to get that darkness to become light. You could also, from this perspective, understand. It helps us to understand why the lights of Hanukkah will never be neutralized. As the Ramban says, we still practice the Hanukkah candles even today in Golos, which is completely different to the menorah and the Beis Hamikdash that ceased when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Which is phenomenal when you consider that the Hanukkah candles are supposed to represent the menorah in the base Amigdash. Yet, the menorah in the base Amigdash is currently non functional, and Hanukkah candles are. Why is that? Because the menorah and the Beis Hamikdash represented drawing down the divine light into this world, which is relative to and therefore contained within the structure of creation that Debishta made, the entire spiritual structure of existence. Or the kind of energy that can be contained within a particular working structure. For which reason, if the world is in a, in a, in a state of darkness, of golos, you can't get the light through, so there's no menorah. And that's completely different to the lights of Hanukkah. They channel the essence of Hashem's light, which is completely beyond the entire creative structure. The river is when you're dealing with something A that's beyond the structure and B is related to Hashem's essence, it never changes. It never diminishes. They can illuminate even when there is abject concealment. Not only can they illuminate, but they can turn the darkness to become a source of light. And their meat is moving the shaykhs from Teves to Dem Asiri. That explains why Teves is so uh, marked by what? A fast. The fast of Asarabat Teves. 
Because Asara Batevis is the fast that marks the beginning of all of the processes of Golos, which is very much that theme of this intense cold of Teves, the snuffing out of the light of the Menorah. Practically, that's what happened. The siege of Yerushalayim, which started on Asar Kurban was the first step in a whole series of events, all of which were related to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So, what's the theme of Asar The theme of Teves in its most intense form: total cold, total blockage of godliness. But this is not just the 10th of Tevis as an historical date, we turn it into a fast. On the Indian is the purpose of a fast is the whole idea of a fast is to allow us to do tshuva, to correct the destruction. To the extent that our tshuva can transform the date from being a date of sadness and fasting into a date of incredible rejoicing. That's the goal of Tevis. And that is hinted at in Hanukkah, which lights up the darkness and causes the dark to become light, which is exactly what we want to achieve on Asar B'Teves. Now within the structure of the human being, the soul of a human being, there's also an element that is the element of cold. That is human intellect, like the Hayom Yom tells us, that there's nothing more frigid than human natural intellect. So knowing that will help us understand also the link between Teves and the theme of transformation of dark to light, because you're in touch with the essence, and how that relates to Chavdala Teves, the other significant date on the calendar. The objective of Chassidus Chabad specifically, which the Alter Rebbe introduced, Miaset Chassidus Chabad, is what Chassidus Chabad does is it takes the concept of Emuna, which is Neshama language, and the concepts of divine intellect and brings them down into human intellect. To the extent that human intellect can understand godliness. And continues, when the human intellect can appreciate and truly understand a divine concept, that brings the dead to life, like bringing the dark to light. That's the significance of the Alter Rebbe's Yorzeit. What is a Yorzeit? That's the date when where all of the activity and all of the investment and all of the avoida of that individual throughout their entire life, must reach their optimum. That is linked to Chodesh Tevis specifically. Because through the teachings, the avoida, the, the work of the Alter Rebbe, that had the impact on our lives as mipnei hatzino, that when you have something which is completely cold, from the meyach akara built gufa, with the human mind, the coldest thing that exists in human experience, so the arayis kumen dem guf nene, that that should produce immense warmth and immense pleasure, not only to the neshama of the person learning Torah, not only to the mind of the person learning Hasidus, but the Hanova Chamimus di Kedusha, right all the way to Agufnene, to the Abishta's 
essence getting such incredible immense pleasure from our avoider, our avoider of transforming the darkness to light, the cold to warmth through the avoider of learning Hasidus, which we should succeed in doing and through that we should succeed in bringing Moshiach now.